Well, hello there and welcome back. You are going to love today's guest. She is a shining example that anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Now listen through to the end where she shares her story about taking an impossible situation and creating something new and beautiful out of it. But before I introduce her, I wanted to let you know about something really big that's coming soon. I'm super excited about this. I am starting a movement. No, really. The Vision Driven Mom movement is coming, and I can't wait to share it with you. Because what I've learned throughout this this journey called motherhood is that we can do anything together. Now, the Vision Driven Mom movement is about creating a new intentional legacy for our families and generations to come. It's about shifting the generational patterns of being for families. It's about moving toward what we want for ourselves, our families, and the world. It's about letting go of the old way and creating something new and unique for families worldwide. It's about taking your yoga off the mat and into the world in a way that only you can. Now, I'm putting the finishing touches on the Vision Driven Mom movement right now, and I just can't wait to share it with you. So uh, if you haven't already, um, download the the, uh, Vibe Care Toolkit at www.vibecaretoolkit.com. That will get you on my email list and you'll be the first to know about all the goodness that's yet to come about the big announcement. Now, I'd like to introduce you to an incredible woman. Leslie Josell is an ADHD student and parenting coach. She is an award-winning entrepreneur having founded Order Out of Chaos, an organization whose mission is to help parents guide their students to success in learning and in life. She's also an award-winning author, creator of the award-winning Academic Planner, a tool for time management, and an international acclaimed speaker. Leslie has been named as one of the top time management experts in the world by global, Global Gurus five years in a row. Now, she continues to learn from her audience, sharing her observations with readers of the the Attitude ADD magazine in her weekly column, Dear ADHD Family Coach. Now, whether you have neurodiverse kids or not, you are going to love this episode. Enjoy. This is the Vision Driven Mom podcast, and I'm your host, Tracy Nolan Bierman for moms, by moms who believe that anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories from moms that have journeyed through motherhood, from fear, loss, and heartbreak, to healing, empowerment, and success. Motherhood is truly the journey of a lifetime, so let's enjoy the ride together. Well, Leslie, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey, about how Order Out of Chaos began, how you got to be where you are right now? How long do we have? Um, all right, I'm going to try to give you um, the Reader's Digest version because got it. I could take up the whole podcast. So um, many, many years ago, back when my son was five, so to know my son is now 23, so we're going back 17 years ago, right. um, you have to remember that there were not a lot of resources out there for those that had children who were neurodiverse, who might right. be ADHD, have executive dysfunction, even learning disabilities. There wasn't 
conferences and podcasts and magazines and webinars. So I really had to kind of rely on my gut and my instincts to figure out how to untangle my son's world, both at home and at school. Totally true story. Um, So I did a lot of things back then that would might be considered back then revolutionary, not so much now. Like I knew that anything hidden really got him emotionally upset and really like caused tremendous amount of frustration. So doors came off closets, dressers Mm. went out, baskets, a million things. I coded certain things in my house. Very long story short, friends of mine saw what I did and said, I have friends, I know you need to help. Mm -hmm. And literally my phone just started ringing from people I didn't even know saying, I saw, I heard what you did, or I saw what you did. Can you come to my house? And I turned to my husband, this is a true story. And I said, but I don't do this for a living. And he basically went, well, guess what you do now. And back then I was going house to house, home to home, family to family, helping families who had children that had ADHD and executive dysfunction, Mm -hmm. put systems and structures into place so that they could live a successful life, both at home and at school. Well, it's now 17 years later, we are a global (laughs) virtual uh, company, fast, multifaceted. We have about 75,000 parents um, and teachers that come to us for products, programs, workshops, webinars, and coaching. Um, So I know I've left a lot out in the last 15 years, but to to have gone from door to door to this is, it has been an incredible journey, but our mission is to always make sure that every child has what they need to be successful in learning and in life. And that's, that's, that's what we do at Order Out of Chaos. Yeah, you know, Leslie, I love what you do. And I recently discovered you, uh, it was about a year ago, maybe. And um, so we've been into, dug into your videos and your, your, I mean, your library is expansive of all the things that you teach. And it's very, you know, it's very practical, like that the, it, it's, it's not easy because that. nothing, you know, nothing, nothing, would, would, is nothing is easy, right? You know, as I was telling you, I, you know, I have an ADHD kid and I'm an ADHD mom. So nothing, nothing is easy, but easier, you know, and you say it in a way, oh, and I have to tell you, we were, um, we were sitting down, we were sitting down. I did, we, we bought your, um, your, uh, your academic planners. Right. Yes. So, you know, we're all, we're all, we're, we're, we're we started doing um, Sunday um, meetings. We've started doing Sunday family meetings. And I had this realization that, oh, we can do the check-in with our planners. Like all, we can sit down with our planners together. So when we were, I was encouraging my kids to, um, to set up the planner and my son looks at me and he says, well, you know, do you think we should color code it? And I was like, oh my gosh, you were listening. You were watching the videos. Let's look they were watching the videos. Oh, so I just wanted to tell you incredible. that. Oh, yeah. Well, because they're like, oh, do I really have to do this? And I said, yeah. yes, you do. You really have to do this. Yeah. But I love that you said, though, that um, what we put out there is user-friendly. So I yeah. think what really um, resonates with those that are part of our community is I not only come to the table um, professionally, I am a certified academic life coach, you know, for teens with ADHD and LD, but I'm also right. a parent. And yeah. so I really feel like, you know, the joke used to be when I would, you know, I've spoken all over the world, but at the beginning I would speak locally um, and I would go to like a local high school here in Westchester County. And I would stand on the stage. And I'm like, 
I just left my kid in a ball in a heap on the floor about a half hour ago. Mm, I right. totally live in your house. Like, right. you know what I mean? I live in your house. I drink the same thing you drink. I deal with the same things you deal with. I just have now, you know, figured it out because I'm, you know, I'm a professional as well. And I think that's, and for me, what was missing and all the stuff going on was not the why, but the how, tell me yeah. like it is. And right. I feel like that is really what we do at Order Out of Chaos. We really kind of cut through all of that. And we're like, all right, obviously every kid is different, but here's the takeaways we want, we want you to have. And obviously that, that position has really resonated. Yeah, I, and I love that. And I, I love about your, in your videos and you say this may not work for your kid and that's okay because there are lots of other things right. that might work for your kid and we know that we know that in parenting anyway right? right my kids both of my kids you could not they were not the classic you know they were not the book that you found find on the shelf at the at the bookstore right yeah. i i right. those books did not work for me right and 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 the way that you know, they just didn't work. And I'm sure they work beautifully for other people and that's fine, but I had to find my own way, you know, mm -hmm. in my own, what works for my kids and what works for me too. You know, it's gotta be, it's gotta work for both of us for it to and what I, work. And what I really also, what we'd say a lot to, to the parents is you've got to be comfortable with out of the box ideas and right. you also have to have no guilt and i'm, I'm going to get right into a few mm -hmm. so like i had i you know i told you i have a son and when he was growing up the distractibility and the processing was really difficult and i had to figure out a way to to hold on to his attention so now i am married i feel bad at times i say this and people go were well, you a single parent i'm not i have a fabulous husband but i do this for a living so a lot of this got left to not left to me but it was more in my wheelhouse to, right. to to manage this so a lot of what worked in my house was humor and cursing and mm, humor and cursing i love it cursing. not at him like you are but like come on let's right. go get her you know what together and all of a sudden the attention level would go up because it'd be like wait did did mom just curse and right and I'll I'll say that in, in, in our group and half our half our camp will be like, oh my God, thank you so much for allowing me the grace and the permission to not feel bad that that's what I'm doing because right. that's not typical parenting, but I'm I don't have a typical kid. Yeah. So right. that's what what I say. What we do here and what we do at order is we're really out of the box. We are like we're cutting through the BS and we're like, all right, you know, I know there are a lot of fabulous parenting experts out there, but your kid isn't the typical kid. So let's really go to the mat and come up with the kooky, crazy, out of the box like ways that are really going to resonate with your kid and help you make your life easier. So right. that is kind of the path. Um, and I think that's the hat that I'm known for is Okay, she always has something crazy up her sleeve because crazy works. It does work, right? <laughs> I mean, and we have to, you know, and yeah, and, and yeah, I'm crazy, yeah. so I completely get I, it. I am too, and I don't have ADHD, <laughs> but I, I live in a house full of it, so I kind of, you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it yeah. is. It's an interesting. It's an interesting um, way to live. And it's and the thing is, is your the, the work that you do is not just I mean, you 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 work with families and kids with um, that are neuro neurodiverse. This is for everybody like this is not just for for families with no. that are with uh, neurodiverse no. kids. So it's so it's so interesting that you said that because I made a conscious decision a long time ago when I started my business that I didn't want it to be 
Like you will not find the word ADHD in our titles or in right. our, in, and yes, we do have, we do have classes to like to debunk and demyth ADHD, but right. there are plenty of ADHD people out there who have, who have organizations or groups or communities that are just ADHD. Some people call me the Taylor Swift of the ADHD world because I kind of went more mainstream because right. I really believe that this is not a, you know, there's, I'm going to back it up a minute. We all know what universal design is, right? Universal yeah. design was when they built those curb cuts and they did it for those that had physical impairments. But what they right. found is the entire population benefited from it, right? Right, like, right. Have a case or a stroller or whatever. It's the same thing with universal learning. There's a lot of universal learning going out there. But what we have found is that universal learning really benefits all children. Every yeah. child should be um, you know, being taught creatively and every child should be given the tools to think the way that it works for them and tap into their best practices. So when I sat down to create order out of chaos, I didn't want it to be so like, okay, you only had to have a kid with ADHD or executive dysfunction. I wanted it to be a place where parents, even if you saw any kind of that type of challenge could come and see their kid in the work that we did. Right, right. Yeah, I hope that made sense. That it sense? absolutely does. It absolutely does. And it also gave me the opportunity. You know, I'm, I'm the one who drives the bus in the family for, for you know, for we, we all have our, right. I'm the one, it, the family stuff, right? I'm the one who drives the bus and the family stuff. And the, the and it gave me, your, your work gave me the opportunity to make it about all of us and not about, you know, two of us. <laughs> well, that's, but that's exactly what it is. Like, yeah. if, you, if you really look, you know, every, like I've written, I've written three books and one is on organization, one is on time management, one is on procrastination. Right. Nowhere in those does ADHD even get mentioned only at the end. If you, because these are all common you know, struggles that parents are seeing with their children. Like right. how, what kid do you know that doesn't have a time management problem? What yeah. kid do you know that doesn't look, I can tell you that 95% of students between the ages of 13 and 20 procrastinate. Mm -hmm. They didn't, they didn't take the ADHD. That's all students. Right. So it's really a way to help. And that's what I say. It's both, you know, kids that are, you know, kids that might be challenged, all able learners. That's right. how we say it. All able learners. We all able. Learners. That's beautiful. Able to come and find something in our mix that they can then bring home to say, like, I my kid needs help with procrastination or problem solving or organization or whatever it is. So right. that's kind of how that's kind of the direction that I felt was because exactly what you said. It's really for all of us. It's not yeah. just point one member of your family out. That goes against everything I believe in. Right. And it really did. It, it, it was. So it wasn't that we were, we're, we're not, we weren't calling any, anybody out, which no. was really, so we're all, we're all doing this together yes. and it's benefiting all of us. Yes. And um, so I love that universal, universal learning. That's, a, it's beautiful because that's exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. I love that term. And I, I was just having a conversation with them. Um, actually this woman who was kind of her and her partner were in the, um, in the uh, they were the catalyst for the the universal design, right? They were they were in the um, wow. in the, uh, yeah they were in the ADA like the the beginning yeah. stages of the ADA, which is really cool that you said that. I was like, oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, but yeah, but everybody benefits, and it's a beautiful thing. Now you talk a lot about 
executive age. age. Can you speak into that? Because I yes. think that is brilliant. And thank you. I yeah. really appreciate you saying that. So, okay, so a little fun fact about me or us at Order at Order Out of Chaos. So, like I said, our bread and butter is our webinars. We do webinars. Um, we do anywhere between. I want to say eight and 10 webinars a year for our community. Mm, right. pick, you don't have to, they're up to you. Everything, everything we do is all a cart. Yeah. Cause we believe in that. We believe come to get what it is you need. And if you don't leave the rest behind. Right. So right. Um, one of the things that has always been a constant since I, since I've been doing this is I start every single webinar, no matter what the topic is, um, teaching parents, and teachers mm -hmm. have to say that yeah, what right. executive ages. And what yeah. I find fascinating is even parents that show up to the table who have children that have been diagnosed with an ADHD or even executive dysfunction will still say, I have never heard about executive age. So mm -hmm. clearly whatever is being given to them from the diagnosis, something I feel, sorry, I'm gonna say it, that's what you know about me. I'm from New York. I'm a straight shooter. I'm never rude, but I am feisty. Right. Um, is definitely missing. So here's yeah. what executive age is. If you have a child at home, I'm going to break it down and make it so user friendly. If you have a child at home who has any kind of challenge with executive functions and what goes under executive functions are organizing, time management, activation, effort level, distractibility or focus, either way, working memory, mood regulation, mm -hmm. impulsivity, right? And cognitive awareness, like, or I call it self-leadership. Right. That's how I, that's the word I like to say. If you have, let's say a 13 year old at home, they might be 13 athletically, they might be 13 verbally, right? <laughs> they might be 13 socially. But if they have any of those challenges, they will be 30% less their chronological age in that challenge. Right. So where parents come to us, the number one thing we get is my child is 13. Why can't he start his homework on time? Why can't he get up right. in the morning? Why can't he get out the door? And what I'm telling you is everything you're saying there is brain-based. Your child might not be 13. If he's 30%, he would be nine. Right. So what you're going to expect from that nine-year-old and what you're going to teach that nine-year-old and what how you're going to scaffold that nine-year-old is very different. Yeah. So when everyone comes, whether you're in our webinars or our Facebook group or even one-on-one -on -one coaching or group coaching, that's where that's what we hear from parents. I don't right. understand. He's 16, he's 13, she's 12, she should be able to. And I'm here to tell you, get the should mm. out of the conversation. It's right. not a should because if there's any type of executive age deficiency, you are now looking at a nine or a 10 year old and not a 13 or a 14 year old. That is so that is an helpful. aha moment. It really, it really is. And, and I, I hadn't, like I said, it, it was last year when we were in the middle of virtual learning and I was like, oh my God, we need help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you were slammed during the virtual learning. Yeah, like I don't even want to tell you. Yes. Yeah, so, I, I can't we're even. We're still recovering. We are still recovering. Right. I think we all are still recovering. <laughs> but, um, but when, um, when my son, so my son was, my son was premature, and he would have missed the cutoff for um, going to kindergarten if he had come on his due date. Right. He had some sensory stuff. We definitely. So we, like I said, like I said. 
we are that we are a family on the spectrum at different different places you know he he kind of had his in the beginning and then my daughter is kind of having hers in her teens which i understand now that that's not that's not unusual at all no that's you know but um but we decided to wait to send him to kindergarten Mm-hmm. because he wasn't he was he was five but he was not ready but he was to go ready. so i realized that gave myself a little pat on the back like oh that i was That's, recognizing yeah. executive age you were recognizing executive <laughs> age yes and you were really tuned in to say you know what what i what i love about your story is you you didn't look you didn't look at it as an age you looked at it you know from from a brain base from a behavior like is yeah. does he have that checkpoint you know if i did the checkpoints of how he should be ready clearly he's not you know i get questions all right. the time like my, my kid is 16 and and he wants to drive well just because new york state i live in new york just because new york state says my kid was old enough to drive does not mean that my husband or i thought my son was old enough to drive like right you really need to be you know actually he was ready but I just use that as the example so yeah. there's where a lot of the where where we see it with parents and kids is this there's a there's an expectation that my child should be able to do something right and the child clearly is not now that doesn't mean it stays that way that doesn't mean there's nothing you can do that doesn't mean you know, what's the joke? Like my kid is still in diapers. He's going to walk down, you know, his, he's going to collect his high school diploma that way. Obviously right. we can, we can move the divide. But the other thing I tell parents also is as your child gets older, the divide gets wider, Right. you know, the tasks get harder. So you do want to like, make sure you're putting certain things in place at home, you know, or even at school to help support that kid in their, in their executive functioning development. Right, right. And, and that's what that's you what we do. And that's, that's what you what do. do. You help to bridge that's that gap. That's what we do. There's our sweet spot. It's like, yeah. okay, here's now what you could be doing at home. Bridging the gap. Yeah, that's um, that's right. exactly that. that Right. Because otherwise, no, see, so right. I am, I'm the, I didn't find out that I have ADHD until I was in my 40s. Right. So I went decades without, with, you know, it was hard. So, you know, I had to, I had to work really hard to be smack dab in the middle of my class. Of you know, I had to work really hard in college and beating myself up along the way because I just didn't have the skills, right? I didn't have the skills. And the cool thing is, is that now we know, for one thing, back then too, we didn't know that the brain wasn't fully developed until 25, right? Exactly. So some, here some we're sending these later. kids off into the world at 18 yeah. thinking they're adults, right? Just right. like you said, you know, the executive right. age they're adults now they're 18 they can go off and, and right. do all, make all the adult decisions Decision. right sure but that's not but they're not they're not prepared they're not they don't have a toolkit <laughs> but you can provide that and like well, a lot of what we do is we actually teach parents how to communicate and one of the biggest things we do is we teach parents how to ask questions right you know, we get asked all the time like well how do you help your child and obviously you might have an eight-year-old an 18 i mean there's a million things that go into it but if i was to strip everything away the commonality the common factor that resonates regardless of how old your child is or regardless or regardless of where they are on that scale mm-hmm. is for you to ease out of being and again it's touchy because you don't know how old and what it is but easing out mm-hmm. of you being that executive functioning brain and transferring it a little bit at a time and right. that's important to your child. And part of that is by asking them questions. Mm-hmm. You know, 
all day long. Like the joke I have when I give one of my webinars is I always say to a parent, are you answering a question when none has been asked? Oh, right. And then all of a sudden I'm great. And we're webinaring and I'm like, drop that in the chat. And everyone's like, what, what, what is she talking about? I'm like, how am I, how would I answer a question if none was asked? And then I put a thing up and goes, here are some common things your child says to you. Mm -hmm. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm thirsty. I'm bored. Right. And you automatically, and I'm not, doesn't have to be, you could be whoever or automatically, oh, you're hungry. Oh, you're hungry. In the fridge, I bought snacks. Mm. You're answering a question, but none has been asked. Right. And there it is right there. Your child has weak executive functioning. He's just going to blurt out his feeling instead of being able to formulate the question of what is it that he actually needs. So right. I, that's our baseline. Like, unless your kid is bleeding, vomiting, or the house is on fire, do not answer a question if none has been asked. If your child says, gives you a statement about their feelings, the response back is, is there something you need? Oh, that's so good, right? Because I'm totally guilty of that. Oh, oh you're guilty. hungry. Oh, you're totally tired. Guilty. Oh, you can't find I, your I, shoes. You can't, yeah. I can't find my shoes. Oh, I know where they did Go he look in the closet, you? right? Did he yeah. ask you for help? Did he no. ask you if oh, you know Oh, that's so good. It's so nuanced, but mm -hmm. I'm telling you, this is what my point is. Like these kind of simple changes actually help the brain to mature because what right. you're getting the brain to do is think, to problem solve, to ask questions, asking you. It's very interesting. I have a parent who goes, my kid asks me questions all day long. It's frustrating. I'm like, no, you want them to because questions right. means they're problem solving. Right. They're trying right. to figure right. something out. If your child's just saying, I can't find my shoes. They haven't figured anything out in that equation. You're right. doing all the figuring out. Right. So stop okay. asking. Go ask, I keep saying, stop answering questions if none. It's the same thing we call it the waffle syndrome. Mm -hmm. You know, when your kid opens the freezer and just screams to no one in particular, I can't find the waffles. Right. <laughs> and there's usually the waffle syndrome. That's perfect. The waffle syndrome usually yells and says, How long have you been living in this house and you still can't find them? Leave right. in waffles. Yeah. And then the other parent is like, look behind the ice cream. No, on the left. No, no, a little. Neither one is right. We want right. to ask them back that a question. Do you remember where they might be? Mm. Where do you think you, you were with me in the supermarket? Do you remember where we found them? You want to try to like just engage, engage, engage the brain. Right. So you're, you're going to be in my head now, Leslie. <laughs> you're going to be in my head. Tell me. I am, I am just, um, I'm just learning about, um, about executive functioning and what it all means. And, um, and I have, my kids are 12 and 14. Oh, so we're in that. Spot. You are in the sweet spot age. Oof. It's a, uh, well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a definitely a learning spot. <laughs> <laughs> for and I'm learning to be quiet. I'm learning to I'm learning to rather than like you said answering the questions and I'm not perfect at it but I am learning that the more that I do that and I think and this is a little bit different than the questions but that um that speaking 20% and listening 80% this is what I'm this is what I'm learning so and and it's and it works when I remember to do it. So your your um your asking questions is now going to be another little um little voice in my head reminding me to pause. 
you know, and I'm trying to do that. I mean, the work that I do anyway, I, you know, I, I work on the pause and then the response, pause, and then the respond. So, um, so yeah, thank you for that. You'll be in the back of my head. And I wanted um, to give everyone listening one, like one simple change, regardless if your child is eight or 18, mm -hmm. that doesn't cost them anything. (laughs) That's why I also love this because it doesn't cost you anything to change the verbiage of how you ask questions or how mm-hmm. you speak. And right. it's not punitive. I'm, it's not nasty. It's not rude. It's just, is there any, what do you, is there something you need from me? Is there something you need from me? I love that. Is there something you need? And it's so simple, right? It's so yeah, simple. like you said, it's not a, it's not an accusing. It's yeah. not a pointing a finger. Is there something you need from me? That's perfect. So I have, um, I'm writing that down. <laughs> I love it. Um, I hope everybody's writing that down. Yes, I know. So, and I'm thinking as we're having this conversation that you will definitely want to um, go back, listen again, take some notes because there are so many gold nuggets in this conversation right here and absolutely have to go check out um, Leslie. We'll talk about that later, but, um, but on her website, it's just, it's, it's a wealth of information and um, helpful tips and tools and all of that. Um, So my daughter, and I remember this is that you've talked about. I remember hearing you say about say this okay. about when your when your when your child says, "I don't know." I knew you were going to bring that up. How did you know that? Because that we is that is still tricky. In, we were kind of heading in that direction with the okay. questioning, right? Because the biggest thing that I get asked after that is, "Well, what happens if my child says I don't know?" And yeah. I. So I love I don't know, which is a kind of very funny thing. Right. Because, um, you know, it's interesting. And I and it's not that, again, I'm not disparaging anybody. I had to learn all this. I mean, parents are parents. We're doing the best job we can. But a lot of parents are like, I hate the I don't know. I hate when my kid asks me questions. I'm like, no. I, you know, in my house, we always used to say, it's not what you ask for. It's how you handle the no. Mm, so never right. be never be focused on what they're asking who cares what they ask you it's how is what is their response like when you don't give them the answer they might not like right that's what we focused on like that's my thing i do that even with my kids that i coach it's not what they ask it's okay but anyway that goes a little off track when people when kids say i don't know then that is actually an invitation for you Mm. to play some i spy okay There's a, particularly if you do have a neurodiverse child or there's a lot of executive functioning challenges. If your child is saying, I don't know, you've got to wrap it back to figure out what is getting in their way. So I don't know allows you to go well. Now, again, you have eight-year-olds, you have 18-year-olds. So an eight-year-old is going to go, I don't know. You might have to feed them the lines. Right. Well, do you, I'm going to make this very simple. Well, do you know you have soccer practice on Thursday night? Yeah, I do. Do you know that it starts at three o'clock? No, I had no idea. See what I mean? Like you're kind of asking them, you're kind of feeding because this is, you know, I always say this telling is not teaching and listening is not learning. Mm -hmm. So when we tell our kids like, okay, you've got it at three and then we think they've learned it. No, where's that information solidified? How are they remembering it? So when they come back to you with the, I don't knows, I always come back with, can you tell me what you do know? Mm, okay. And I and I have to tell you, I, I, I teach teachers and they have said to me of all the things that I've ever taught, that is the thing that has resonated with them, for them in their classrooms. That when they yes. get a kid who goes, I don't know, 
they would go back, can you tell me what you do now? Right. And they might, if the kids are little, they might have to feed the, do you remember when we did that yesterday? Do you, do you know what that might remind you of? You know, have if you're teaching like Mesopotamia, it might remind you of the Roman Empire. Right, so you right. do have to do a little feeding. But my point is, if you notice, I'm just keep asking questions. Yeah, 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 I love that. Okay, that's really helpful because I do. And I think sometimes that I don't know is just one of those. It's an one of those, It's a, yeah, it's a pattern. Right. It's 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 like you walk into a store and somebody says, hi, how are you? And say, fine, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what it, if it's OK, can I I'm going to try to tell you and your your listeners what it really is. Yes, please. So the brain, if your child does have some challenges, the brain is weak. It is. Yeah. And that's OK. So every part of our body is a muscle, including the brain. And we're all really good about doing Peloton and CrossFit and all those other things. Right. So how do you exercise the brain? How do you strengthen it? By asking questions. So when mm. your child says to you, I don't know, it's not as much an impulse as it is a two pound weight, their capability right. of lifting two pounds. That's the mm -hmm. impulse of, you know, I don't know, but we're trying to strengthen it and we're trying to get them to the three pound weight or the five pound weight. So it's almost like you're the trainer handing them a little bit more weight and going, well, tell me what you do know. Now the brain has to think. Now the brain has to, to struggle. You know, right, it, it, right. It, it might even hurt a little bit. And that's okay. I don't want it to hurt. I mean, you know what I mean when I say it hurts. Right. It's like kind of a, like I'm yoga stretching, right, stretching, exactly. but not to pain, right? right. Out of your comfort zone. Exactly. Right. And so I want you to look at it as like, okay, now I'm handing my kid that three pound weight. The only way we're going to get there is to not give in to the, I don't, into the, mm. I don't knows or the, where's the waffles or I'm hungry. Right. By you right. going back and asking them questions, you're actually providing them with that three pound weight slowly, right. carefully, but that's how you strengthen the brain. Right. Okay. I love that. It's you're exercising the brain. And yeah. I think that we, um, I think that we can understand that and and I, I would call that like what would you call it mental mental hygiene maybe you know <laughs> strengthening the brain you know right, we have physical exercise. hygiene right, right we have right. mental right. yeah the yeah. mental hygiene too that is that is just that's brilliant i love this thank you um leslie is there anything else that you um that you think that our listeners must know before we close out today yes Yes. I'm going to yes. give you my one, because I know we're like in back to school mode, right? Yes. School. I mean, it's interesting in the South, maybe you've been in school for a while up here in the Northeast, you know, it's only been a few weeks. So right. people ask me all the time, like, oh, you know, help me with back to school, like binders and notebooks. And I'm like, here's the one thing. And again, I don't have to spend a lot of money. They're not that expensive. But if you are to ask me, even though you didn't, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, <laughs> the one thing that every household needs for back to school is an analog clock. Analog clock. Mm -hmm. So, what, mm -hmm. you know, we're all really good about buying the books and the binders and the spiral notebooks and all of that. And we forget about the clocks because if your right. child is time deficient or time blind, they are disorganized. Okay. Time disorganized, time, not knowing where you sit in time is a disorganization. Right. Yeah. And the only way, okay, and I will, listen, I'm a time management expert, so I feel like I can say this. The only way your child is ever going to be able to manage their time is if they can see it. Right. And you need to externalize time to internalize it. Mm. And an iPhone does not cut it. Your child needs to see 
the sweep of time. I don't care mm -hmm. if your kid is 18. I don't care if your kid is eight. Like if you work with me, a college kid, the requirement is they must have an analog in their dorm room. I want right. you to put an analog clock in every room your child spends time in their room, the kitchen, and especially the bathroom. Right. Because your child needs to see 10 minutes has gone by. I have 20 minutes too. How much longer? For your child to activate, for your child to know where they sit, they need to see the beginning, middle, and end. They right. need to see done. And you. so if I am working with a student and I say, pick up your iPhone. Okay, show me on your iPhone what 10 minutes from now looks like. All I get is the blank glare space. Right. Because well, that's true, right? Digital's yeah. only give you one time. Yeah. And analog gives you the future, the past, and everything in between. So you know, I love that. And I did, Leslie, on your suggestion. I have three analog clocks in my house. I probably need one for my bedroom too, because just for in, in my bathroom, but we have one in the kids' bathroom, we've got one in the kitchen, and I've got one in my daughter's room as well. It's revolutionary. It it's is revolution and it's so simple. And if we think about when we were when we were kids and you know, but and they still have the analog clocks in, in classrooms, but watching the clock and knowing exactly when that bell is gonna like that, that's kind of, that's empowering, right? That's it because that you're watching it. Your child not only finds it empowering, what it allows them to do is know where they sit in time. So if your mm -hmm. child's going, oh my God, I can't listen anymore, I can't listen anymore, how much freaking time do I have? And trust me, your kid does this. Yeah. The first thing they're looking at is that clock and all of a sudden they're like, oh, I have five more minutes. Right. And you will see, they'll wiggle in their seat. They'll sit up straight. They'll reorient themselves to say, okay, I can push through for the next five minutes. Yeah. They see what I call done. And the power of done is incredible. And if you mm. don't believe me, ask your kids. The power of done. I, the I love that. Done. The mm -hmm. power of done is like, is next level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leslie, this has been amazing again you have to go back re-listen it's not that long go back re-listen get a pen and some paper and take, take some notes, notes. <laughs> definitely go and and visit leslie at, at order out of chaos.com um but before we before we close out leslie can you tell us about a time in motherhood that you that when you either achieved something or overcame something that you just felt was impossible at first um, I'm going to make my researcher's story even shorter. So um, I want to say that 2002 mm -hmm. um, was what I call my terrible twos. Yeah. So in that one year alone, my son was diagnosed. My father died. Um, and I had lost my mom when I was 15. So I was very close to my dad. My husband right. lost his job and I had a double mastectomy. Oh, goodness gracious. So I think any one of those would have put somebody in the fetal position. Right. <laughs> um, right. I had all of that in one year. Wow. Um, and I had to figure out a way. And then that's when all of a sudden this order out of chaos thing presented itself. And I have to say, um, there was no room for error. There was no room yeah. to fail. I needed to figure out a way to help. Um, I was working part-time, but I needed a little more flexibility because mm -hmm. my husband was now, and I had to figure out a way to like, help my son, help myself. I wasn't hundred percent well, and I just put my head down and I put one foot in front of the other and started a business, got my son what he needed, got healthy. Um, and now 17 years later, like my son graduated college in four years. He's out in LA working. Mm. I am 
healthy. I have this incredible, like thriving business. And I'm telling you, if I can do that, if I, with with all of that going on in my life, if I could like rise from all of that, I mean, that's enough to bury anybody. And yeah, like you said, any one of those those things is, and I just said, you know what, girl, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you you, like, we're moms. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get up and sign a permission slip. You got to make a lunch. You, you, exactly. You, you just have to do it and figure it out. I, I just figured it out. And and I think in some ways, knowing it had to work yeah. and I didn't have a chance to even think about it, right. actually worked in my favor. Yeah. And right. You just, didn't have that time to, oh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, do uh, I don't have everything figured out. I'm a Virgo. Like I'm such right. a Virgo. Like it wasn't perfect. And what, what am I going to call us? And I don't even have a business card. Remember those? Right. My husband who has ADHD is like, you'll call yourself order out of chaos. Get over yourself. Like, oh. you know I mean? like it, it, if I had to really sit in my own, you know what? I would never have gotten out of the box. Right. So right. I really feel I made lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. So I'm telling you, if I could do it, <laughs> any anybody can do it. Yeah. Leslie, thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, that's very, that's very vulnerable. And, um, and you're right. You know, any one of those things could have knocked us flat, but that look, I mean, look what it came out of the beauty that comes out of our pain. And I, I, I hate that sometimes that's how it has to happen, but that sometimes we don't get the messages, you know, that we're, yeah. that we, we were probably getting these messages that there's something, there's something that's something that you didn't really exactly know. But then when you're for, you know, when you're faced with it, when you're, when you're on your knees, and, you know, and like something's got to give here and then you get the answer, you know, and it's, um, but you were listening, you continue to yeah. listen. Okay. I'm going to, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to take the step and take another step and just keep taking steps. Right, and, right. and you don't, and you don't have to have it all figured. I, you know, I get asked now a lot to speak on women entrepreneurship and how did you take it? And I, and I laugh and I say, I didn't have any of it figured out. I just, <laughs> And I mean, I have it a lot figured out now, but even so, there are things I still don't have figured out. And, and I almost think there's a beauty in that. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and in some ways, the pandemic taught me that, that mm-hmm. I didn't have to have everything so buttoned up and so perfect. And you know what? All right. So we didn't, that didn't work. Or, hey, let's try this. Like, who the you know what cares? Because right. everything went to you know what last year. Sorry. It really did. I we all, we got your pouty mouth. I'm sorry. It is all good. It is all good. Like, you, you know, I, I like what you said at the beginning about the, about the, um, the humor and the, the cursing, right? <laughs> you know, it's all good. It's all um, good. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a big, I call it the cosmic two by four, right? That was yeah. a big cosmic two worldwide cosmic two by four that it, it forced us to, to make changes and do things differently, yes, you know, reevaluate. So yeah. my, my message to all of you is if, if you can imagine having all of that happening in your life in one year, yeah, any of you <laughs> can, can like rise above and figure it out. I'm, I'm not saying you don't need help and tools and all that, but like, yeah. if, I mean, that was buried under a hundred pounds of, you know, of a lot. And I just kind of said, you know what? I, I don't have a, it was funny. I didn't have a, I didn't have time right. to wallow. I just yeah. had to figure something out. And in some ways I feel like that probably did work in my favor. Cause I think if I had the time to wallow, I don't know if I would have thrown caution to the wind and just said, 
I'm going to do this. And right. And then all your 75,000 yeah. people, I mean, right. they wouldn't have been able to benefit from yeah. your work. Isn't that Amazing. crazy? If, crazy. We, if we think back, all of it is crazy. You know, all that, that following, listening and going forward, what you, what you, what you know, what you were doing was working right. Yeah. And following that and moving forward because all those people would have missed you. Right. And I would have missed them. I yeah. have to say that I've learned so much from our community. I've always said that the one thing I wanted was it to be a community. And you know, it doesn't cost anything. I just call them a community, but we yeah. ask them all the time what they want. And I think that's one of the reasons why it does work is we don't make a planner without asking. We don't do a webinar topic without asking. We don't pick a color of something without asking. We are constantly bringing them along on the journey and on the road with us and saying like hey we're here for you like i'm not building a company it's like what is that thing if i build it no one will come right so what webinars do you want what programs like i i made it very clear do you guys want classes do you want a course nope hate them hate them never use mm, them and like right. people so what do you want we love the webinars because we can pick and choose we get you live this is what we want Right. That's what I'm going to give you. You know, there. it's not about me. It really yeah. is not about me. And I right. think that's if you're like looking for possibilities for yourself, that I think anyone needs to look at it that way, that whatever you're building or whatever you're looking at is bigger than you, right. that's right. way bigger than you including yeah. parenting your child oh my goodness parenting your child. <laughs> it's not about you. That it's is not something. about you. Right. It isn't. It's your job as the parent to set the parameters, but it's your child's job to negotiate them. Yeah. And I think that's the piece we miss a lot as parents. I love that too. And that, that, so we could, we could just continue to talk about that. I'm just going to say this one Time last thing, but that we, um, that we, I, I love what you were like with the questioning that you're putting it back on them, make it helping them to be responsible, right? That they yeah. can be a hundred percent responsible for their experience in life. I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And I, I think, and it's hard for us because we want to, we want them to be, uh, you know, we want to them to be happy and, and, and all of those things, but we have I to don't go back to them. It's, I yeah. do have time for two seconds. Absolutely. Years ago, my friend, I'm not going to tell you who it is, called me up hysterical. So her daughter applied to the, the corn, corn, I went to Cornell University and her mm -hmm. daughter applied to the hotel school there. Very hard to get into. And she also got into Emory and she was crying. She's like, she picked Emory. I don't mm -hmm. understand because she got into the hotel school and that's what she wants to do. And I, I, and I said, well, then you got to help. She's like, Leslie, and this was the word, I don't want to be responsible. Mm. And that ended the conversation. And I even, and I'm the parenting and I, that resonated with me. And remember you said about being the pause, I pause not so much anymore about speaking things I shouldn't because my kids are older. Right. It's, I don't want to be responsible. Yeah. I don't want to be responsible. Not that I want to be responsible for them. I'm their parent, but it's their journey. It's yeah. their happiness. It's right. their path in life. Like it's what they're looking at. And I have to be yeah. I mean, we can guide them and this is what you do, stuff. right? You right. guide them and then, okay, right. what are you going to do with it now? This right. is yours handing it right. back. I love right. that. Kind of like the, like a, like a beach ball, right? Like yes. you're handing it back. They right. hand it to you. You hand it back. Hand right. it to you, I had my journey. It's now yours. And right. I think, and sure enough, the daughter went on to be loved it, successful, mm. happy as a, you know what? Right. And she said, I made the right decision by not 
getting in the way of her decision. Right. Oh, that's a beautiful, so that's a beautiful ending story because we can, you know, we can give them all the tools that they, that they need, but ultimately hands off, they take it and run with it. That Mm -hmm. is, that's amazing. Leslie, this has been I'm so amazing. Glad. Thank I you so much. That you have such great questions. Thank you. Well, I, I, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for the work that you do because it has Thank really you. helped I me and my lot. family. Yeah. And I know it's going to help um, it continue to help lots and lots of other families. So can you tell us how can our listeners find you? Oh, easy. So we make it super easy for you. Um, the name of our company is order out of chaos. Our website is order. Oh, chaos.com. If you go there, you can find our programs, our webinars, all our products, or we have a huge parent um, education library of videos that you can access. We have webinars. Um, you can get to our social feeds mm-hmm. from there. Um, God, uh, you can find all my books. You can find all my, I, I write um, the weekly Dear ADHD Family Coach column for Attitude Magazine. Right. Every column is on there. Every. The best compliment I ever got was someone said, I've been on your site for three hours and I haven't made a dent. So right. it is robust. <laughs> it is robust. So, but, but, it, but it makes sense. Yourself out. What? Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Well, again, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time. This Bye. has been fantastic. Okay. Right. Bye. Bye, Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom podcast. Now, if you haven't already, go ahead and download the High Vibe Toolkit. It's a mom's guide for taking yoga off the mat and into your life. You'll learn how to create your own unique toolkit full of tools for raising your vibe quickly and getting yourself out of a funk in record time next time you find yourself in one. Because funk happens, right? You'll learn how to tap into your inner mentor to cultivate more joy, more connection, and more harmony in your life as you return to your natural high vibe self. You'll raise the vibe in your home as you reclaim your own inner vibe. Now, this is the only guide designed to help moms who want to feel alive keep their yoga vibe flowing both on and off the mat, no matter what comes next. So download the High Vibe Toolkit at www.highvibetoolkit.com and reclaim your inner vibe. Anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Goodbye for now.